Hey, magic makers, I am in love. I just found Shore Lee Wines, and oh my God, I'm floored how absolutely delicious they are. So far, I've tasted the Sauvignon Blanc, I have tasted the rose, I've also tasted the bubbly rose, and they are absolutely delicious. I was interested in trying non alcoholic wines because there are just some days that, like, you just don't really want a drink, but you want the taste of wine without all of the extra calories or extra alcohol. And this is what Shirley does it tastes absolutely delicious. It is just what you need for a nice afternoon on the deck watching the sun set. If you've been trying wondering, are non-alcoholic wines, are they delicious? Do they are they worth my time? Surely is. It tastes just like the wine. And no, it's not fancy grape juice. They have found a way, I believe in magic, so they have found a way to remove the alcohol from actual wine. So you still get the wine taste, but without all of the alcohol. And so if this is something that you want to try, do me a favor, if you head over to the link in my bio, you can grab yourself 15% off your first purchase. Trust me, it is so good. I don't bring up products that I don't personally use. I am in their wine club and I've so far bought a case of this stuff and everyone that I've told about it, including you, are gonna fall in love. So do me a favor, have a taste and then let me know what you think. And you get to save 15% by using the link in my bio. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes-Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. This week's iTunes review is brought to you by M.L. Martell. She writes, five stars, Kim is more than just knowledgeable in just health and fitness. She is supportive, reassuring, and on the level. She gives it to you straight, just the way most people need it. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate that review. And you too can review Fit Girl Magic Podcasts. Just go to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to this show and just leave me a five-star review. Um, I love them. I take them to heart. I just want to make sure that I'm bringing you the best stuff. So thank you so much for all of you who have left me a review so far. I can't wait to highlight you. All right. Hey, today I want to talk about this concept about healthy aging. And when I first talked about it with, uh, I was talking about it with a, a client and she's like, Kim, you know, what exactly is healthy aging? And I was like, you know what? You are asking a very good question. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't have the answer for her. So I'm like, you know what? I am going to go on a quest. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. How, what is healthy aging? Cause you, you hear that all the time. And is this like, you know, 
a buzzword, right? Is this like the latest, is this the latest buzzword that is now going to become in our vocabulary? So when I first went to look at it, so the uh, National Institute of Aging, they they refer to healthy aging as being able to manage our health so that we can live as in, independently as long as possible so that we can maintain the quality of our life. And I am 100% in agreement with that, right? So it's like, if you think about it, you know, you want to be able to like not be, you know, dependent that someone needs to come in and take care of you. You know, I, we've all seen, you know, our older relatives, either our parents, grandparents, neighbors in the, in our community that, you know, need the help. And so you want to be able to, you know, I always say this to, to people when um, we're doing squats and everyone's complaining about squats. And I'm like, if you're lucky, you're going to be squatting for the rest of your natural born life. Think about it. We are going to sit. That's a squat. Get off the damn toilet. That's a squat, right? So that's what we really want to talk about. We want to talk about how do we take our overall and live a healthy life? So let's get, let's, if I'm starting with this a definition, let's get into some facts, right? So the average lifespan for a woman is 81 years. Now I'm, you know, knock on wood here. I'm hoping to go a little bit longer than that. You know, my um, my grandmother is 100 years old. And God willing, in about a month, she will be 101, right? So she has lived a very long life. She's still got her memory. She's still sharp as a tack. So I'm hoping that I got her genes. I got her hands. So I'm hoping that that is a link to her brain. But most, and, and most of the research that we see about older older adults older living adults i don't want to call it elderly because like elderly makes me think about like these frail people who like you know you can see through their skin and pretty much see all of their veins so are, are all done on women because women live longer you know it's you always see it you know women typically women outlive outlive their spouses they outlive men and besides menopause Many of women have very similar health issues, right? You know, some of us have different menopause issues where some of us go into menopause earlier. Some of us have take a longer time in that perimenopause phase of life. But for the most part, we all have basically the same type of health issues. And the main concern for, you know, many of us is like being able to just, you know, be independent, right? Can I walk on my own. That's my big goal. I want to like walk unassisted till the day I die. All right. So let's just break it down with as we age, what the hell happens to us? So first our brain structure, it starts to change. And that's still a bit of a mystery, you know, because right now there's a ridiculous statistic about how many people in the next 10 ish years are going to have some form of memory issue be it full-blown Alzheimer's, be it some various form of dementia, but that's what we're, we're that's where we're heading right now. And that is prematurely aging a lot of people because you can't take care of yourself if you can't remember. I mean, I know I could barely remember when I go to the kitchen and what I did. I can't imagine having most of my memories gone. So the other thing is as we age, our heart muscles start to thicken. And part of that they feel is that it's just um like any muscle, right? We've used it for a long time. So it's, you know, it's built up to be uh, thicker. Um, eyesight, right? You know, I remember my um, my eye doctor, I was like, oh, I, I've, I've worn glasses since the fourth grade. 
And I remember I told my eye doctor, I was like, oh my goodness. I, um, I'm like, yeah, I could barely read on my, my cell phone. And he's like, well, women of a certain age. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, you know, you're over 40 now, Kim. And I was like, but I also have really good health insurance. So I can always find a new doctor. I'm like, let's stop calling me a woman of a certain age. That's like calling me ma'am. Unless you're in the South and you get ma'amed, you're like, the, what the, what the, what? do not ma'am me. So the other part is, and this is for what I say to so many of you. And so please hear me. As we age, we lose three to 5% of our muscle. Right. So as a woman, one of the ways that we are going to live as independently as long as we possibly can and be able to get up out of a seated position, get up off the toilet, not slip and fall in the toilet, is we have to build muscle and we need to start doing it now. You know, there is a a woman um, trained with Joan. She's ah, I want to say she's 75, but she didn't start training till she was 70. And she looks fabulous. So don't tell me, oh, it's too late for me. It's not too late until you're dead. So if you are not strength training at least three days a week, please, please, please start doing it. If you're like, Kim, I don't know where to start. Holla at your girl. I can help you get started. We also see an increase in body fat due to shifting hormones, right? And so I'm going to do a whole deep dive into um, menopause 101 in uh, the coming weeks. I'm still putting together all of the uh, the the content because I want to make sure that it's not too like over the top for you. Um, that it's like I break down the concepts so that it's not too like you must have a PhD in level in order to understand it. Our immune system gets less active, right? You know, we've all experienced, we've gone through the last few years with Rona running around. And one of the first things we we learned was that it affected older people way more than it did younger people. So this is, you know, We've had, you know, sadly, firsthand experience of, you know, a lot of people who lived in nursing homes being wiped out because their immune system just wasn't up to snuff with um, to fight that virus. Bone density, you know, and bone density goes hand in hand with muscle, right? You know, a lot of times I tell people when I start strength training, I build strong bones because your muscles pull on your bones. And so the the stronger my muscles are, the stronger my bones are. And, you know, especially um, it is for white women and Asian women, they are the highest um, folks who will experience osteo, um, uh, osteoporosis. And so I, I forgot to throw this, this fact factoid in there. So I think it'll be a good factoid for you. So women who don't do any strength training can see up to a 22% decline in their muscle mass between the ages of 33 and 70. And so, you know, go to Florida and you see, you know, so many people think that the, when they see uh, older adults, they see like the, um, they're, they, they're, they're flabby, right? And most people think it's fat. No, it's that their muscle has no muscle tone to it, right? It, it just, their muscles are just stringy. And so what muscle, if you think about when we build muscle, if you were to put your hands together, like, you know, um, clasp your hands together. And if I were to like lift up, lift my palms and I were to slowly pull apart my hands, right? That is the uncoupling of muscle. When I lift, I strength train and I bring my hands back together, 
that is the building of muscle, right? So the muscles are, if you think about like um, knitting, right? Think about knitting. If you ever uh, saw like a knitted sweater and then you pulled on the wrong string and then it just kind of like uh, unraveled in front of you, that is muscle. So if I don't lift, the muscle will slowly waste away over, over the years. And slowly but surely, what you think is fat is just your muscle has no muscle tone, right? It's just hanging out. Where if I strength train, I can help curb the natural order of things. The other thing that we see happen is that we get that diabetes and insulin resistance. And so this part right here is another one that I'm going to unpack in a different episode. But what we're seeing here is that it could be the introduction of processed foods into our lives, especially, you know, what you didn't see a lot of this in like the 80s and the 90s for people who were in 70s plus. We started seeing a lot of this, especially when people got into their 40s and 50s with the baby boomers, right? Because they were the first generation to truly have processed foods. And now we have now at least two generations of people who have grown up on processed foods. It's now, you know, getting um, more coverage and more and more food manufacturers are doing their best to kind of step away from the processing of foods. And, you know, as consumers, we're getting more educated about, the you know, processed foods. But this is one of the big things one of the reasons why we're seeing this rise in diabetes and insulin resistance. And so a lot of times when people come to me and they're like, Kim, I can't lose this belly fat. I can't, you know, I can't lose the weight. A lot of it has to do with um, blood sugar and insulin resistance, Um, blood pressure, right? Because of the thickening of our hearts. Also, because sometimes, you know, maybe we weren't always eating in the best way we possibly could. We start to see our blood pressure increase. And so that's how it, it takes more effort to pump your heart to pump blood through its system um and then sleep issues right you know hormones throw our sleep issue stress um children um so we're not sleeping that much and so you know i just wanted to give you there's other things that happen but i want to give you kind of this this big overview that i i know that i've personally experienced you know from clients telling me this um i've just from the data that i read and just overall life um, so how do we fight it? Right. It, you know, it's really nice that I can like, you know, point out the, the poop in the carpet because, you know, everyone wants to see the poop in the carpet, but not. So how do we fight it? You know, as they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And the first place is exercise. You know, if you ever listen to this podcast, it's called Fit Girl Magic. You know that it, it I, I'm into exercise, right? Fit. And so at least 150 minutes a week with a focus being on strength training. You know, so many people, I and I know and I get it, like when I first started, it was all about the cardio, right? You know, I would go and hop on the Stairmaster. It felt fabulous. And I did it for an hour and I would leave the gym. Or I would go to a step class and there was absolutely no strength training whatsoever. And I would leave and I was like, oh, I worked out. Now we really need to prioritize the strength training. And do I need to go to the gym two hours a day? No, absolutely. It says 100, the American College of Sports Medicine says um, 150 minutes. You can break up that 150 minutes however you want to break up that 150 minutes. However, it's going to work best for you, right? So I'm always talking about working your reps. We have to find a schedule that's realistic, that you're excited about, that you can make a plan, and then that's ultimately 
sustainable. All right. That's what we're, we're looking for. The other piece is adding in movement, right? You know, I've shared this chart with you before where 70% of how we burn calories comes primarily from us moving around, from us fidgeting, right? I'm, you know, as I'm talking here, I'm waving my arms. Well, I always wave my arms. I'm, I'm a fidgeter. I can't sit still. So I naturally will burn just a little bit more calories than other people who just sit, you know, with their hands crossed. Um, but adding 75 to 10,000 steps, everybody has some type of way to, to measure their, their steps. You know, either you're using an Apple Watch, using a Fitbit, you're using your, your phone. Like everyone now has a way to measure in their steps and try to see if you can get 7,500 to 10,000 or more steps a day would be absolutely fabulous. Um, and, you know, exercise is also good for stress management. It's also good for your overall health. Right. You know, we want, you know, like you said, we want to be able to live independently as long as possible so we can help manage the quality of our life. Well, exercise is the number one thing you can do. And then the second thing is nutrition. You know, I've said this before. Um, Jack Lane, he is the father of modern fitness. And he has explained that nutrition is queen and exercise is king. Right. So if the queen's unhappy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> and so the biggest thing is if we focus on getting 80% of our nutrition being healthy, right? You know, none of this like, I'm going to be on point. Like as soon as the client tells me I'm going to be on point, I'm like, you're setting yourself up for failure, sister. And instead of being on point, let's come up with, let's see what we can do for 80%, right? That gives you wiggle room. That allows you to have date nights with your sweetie. That allows you to have cake at your your birthday, your kid's birthday, and, and uh, a glass of champagne on your anniversary, right? It's 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 this all or nothing that has gotten us to this place of always like going hard and then feeling like a failure, going hard, feeling like a failure, finding something else and going on. Like, ah, stop, uncle. So here's where we're going to focus on with our nutrition, increasing our fiber. One of the best things about fiber is one, it helps us poop. When I poop, I get rid of toxins in my body. Right. And so the more I get rid of toxins in my body, I want you to think of or think back to this. Right. So if I'm burning fat, where does that fat go? It goes out into my bloodstream. Right. And then fiber comes around like a, a street sweeper, right? Comes around like a street sweeper in any place that doesn't have a home, any toxins that needs to be gone, fiber sweeps it up and then you poop it out. Now, there is no, you know, I don't have a street sweeper coming through my blood and getting rid of all these toxins. <clears throat> you know what it does? It gets reinserted back into your fat cell. Your fat cell is like, oh, you don't have a home? I'm always open. Come on down, right? And so what we're trying to do is lose the fat and we just keep like shuttling it back in. It's on that like... um. Have you ever taken a shuttle at an airport and like the airport shuttle literally goes like through all the terminals and back, through all the terminals and back? That's what we're doing if I don't give uh, fat toxins a exit ramp. And fiber is your exit ramp. And fiber, you know, you can get that through amazing vegetables, right? Uh, no one ever said I got I got fat eating too much broccoli, right? No one ever lost it eating too much broccoli. So we want to eat fibrous uh, vegetables. We also want to look at our processed carbs. And the biggest thing that I see a lot of is that we don't look flip over the back of our ingredients. 
You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm having Greek yogurt. Okay. But is that Greek yogurt vanilla, strawberry? Yeah. So you want plain. Add your own freaking berries. You know, my, one of my favorite things to do is to buy frozen fruit. And then I put it in the, um, I, I buy a big, you know, I don't know, I think it's a half quart or whatever. The big, the, the giant thing of Greek yogurt. Buy the giant thing of plain Greek yogurt. Then I put it in a little in an individual container and I buy frozen fruit and I put the frozen fruit in that container and I throw it in the fridge and I let it defrost overnight. And so now I have not only the fruit, but I also have, which is fiber. I put some berries in there. So I have some berries and then I have like the fruit, but then I also have the frozen fruit juice and I mix that up in my Greek yogurt. And so now I've created my own flavored yogurt without the added sugars and all the other malarkey that they add to that of the flavored yogurt. So I want to look at also my processed carbs, you know, like what am I eating? Like flip it over. And so a lot of times when people are like, I don't understand what processed means. This is what processed means. Processed food is. Think about an apple, right? I pull the apple from the tree. Great. Awesome. That is that is the closest to nature you're going to get beside eating the seeds. Next step, apple sauce. So I take the apples and I mince the crap out of it and I got apple sauce. Okay. So it's semi-processed, but it's it's still it looks it, it, I can I can identify what it was. Next step, apple juice, right? I take the apples and press the crap out of it. So now there's there's no fiber, there's no nothing. It's just the juice of the apple. That's processed, right? So there's there's varying levels of process, but if, so if I'm spending most of my time eating, drinking apple juice and never ever having a whole apple, I'm going to have trouble with the insulin resistance, the blood sugar management. Do you see, are you picking up what I'm putting down, right? So we really want to look at the number of processed carbs in our system. There's also crackers, right? So a lot of times, you know, I love a good cheese and cracker, but I, I only have it once a week. You know, back in the day, I used to eat cheese and crackers before dinner every single night, right? So crackers are processed, you know? So if, if I, you know, flip over and I read the ingredients on the back of my, um, whatever I'm eating, I want to be able to not need a PhD to know what the heck I'm putting in my body, right? Because like a lot of these foods, many of us think that the Food and Drug Administration is here to protect us. Wrong. So there are a whole multitudes of ingredients that the Food and Drug Administration calls um, grass, generally regarded as safe, where they don't know. They based on the quantity that maybe the food manufacturer has tested, they haven't seen any harm, but they don't know, right? You know, somebody who, um, I remember when I was taking my very first nutrition class and you, um, the instructor's like, never assume anything. They're like, never assume that your clients are going to be compliant. And so, um, there was a client who was following the Weight Watchers diet and, you know, Weight Watchers gives you points. And she told a story about how one of her first clients took, they took like, um, you know, Pam, the, the, the spray stuff, took a can of Pam and because it was zero points and literally like sprayed 
practically the can into a pot and with, and deep fried something, right? So it's like people can always find a way to get in harm's way, you know? So I want you to think about like, even though it says generally regarded safe, the food administrate, the food, the, the food manufacturer is assuming that you're not going to shock on the whole bag, you know? And sometimes you shock on the whole bag. I've been there. I have done that. The last piece here is alcohol. Now, here's where I'm going to say, I feel that there's a place for alcohol, but it depends on how much you're drinking, right? If you're drinking every single night and you're wondering why am I not losing weight, alcohol is the first place I'm going to go. But if you're telling me that you have a drink on Friday night with your sweetie as a way to like kick off the weekend, rock on with your bad self. But if it's every night, it's your way of decompressing, your way of cooking dinner, there are other alternatives. And, you know, I have a whole guide about alcohol that I go deep, a deeper dive into. I do I have another uh, podcast as well about alcohol um, that really breaks down, you know, if you feel like alcohol is a little bit too much for you. Um, and so if, if that's an issue, um, I have, uh, I'll include the, a little, ugh. yes, I can speak. I'll include the link to that um podcast uh the, the second thing here is um blood sugar levels um i'm just writing down the alcohol thing all right blood sugar blood sugar levels right so i i touched on this about insulin resistance and diabetes a lot of times i want you to, to when you go to your doctor you get your physical you know ask them to take a fasting glucose test right fasting glucose and fasting insulin because those are telltale markers are you moving towards insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes, right? So that if we start looking at these numbers earlier, we can start to get on top of it. And, and again, this is something, another podcast that I'll take a, um, a deeper dive uh, into about that. The other place here is stress reduction, right? So many people are like, Kim, but I exercise. If I am in a stressed out state, Think about like a house on fire, right? Your house is on fire. Are you going to throw another log on? <laughs> Are you going to be like, hey, here's some gasoline? No, you're going to be like, oh my God, how do I put out my, my fire? That's what exercise does to someone who's already in a stress state. So if you're someone who's stressed out, I am not going to be like, you know what? You need to hit the gym, sister. No, I'm going to be like, girlfriend, let's just take a, a pause or maybe change what you're doing. Like you going to take this high intensity boot camp class, high intensity spin class, ain't where I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna be like, you know what? How about a little Tai Chi? How about a little yoga? How about a little something that is going to help, you know, get your nervous system from that high alert place so we can start to be more uh, regulated, right? So it's gonna be, you know, let's start to see if we can add a little bit more meditation, add a little bit more breath work, yoga, tai chi, slowing things down, starting to, so that you can kind of, you know, I don't know about you, but I know when I'm stressed out, I feel so out of my body. I feel so like, right? That I just, I feel like my insides are like, uh, like a hamster on a wheel. But I also feel that I, I'm now more cognizant of when I feel like that that's like a, a sign, like, you know what, Kim, just get out and go for a walk. Right. I just get out and I put my pot, my put a podcast in my ear and I just go for a walk and I start to just chill my stuff out. 
Um, so start to think about like when you feel stressed out, what are some non-hit bin class boot camp things you can do that helps you just kind of like get back in your body? Um, keep up with your annual doctor's appointment. I know I missed like two years worth of doctor's appointments and it was not pretty. I had a major issue that, you know, may have been caught sooner. Uh, so I don't want you to fall into that. So it's like, you know, making sure if you're over 50, you're getting a colonoscopy. Um, I actually did the Cologuard. It was kind of weird. You poop in a box and ship it away. But I, I did that. The next time my doctor will actually do a traditional colonoscopy. Um, mammograms, right? I have had, um, I've had, a, I caught a lump when I was 28 years old. And since then I go every, it, I, it's for, I want every six months for almost five years. And now I'm on a, a yearly uh, mammogram schedule. Pap smears, right? You know, I, um, I think they changed it from every every year to every three years. But I think over a certain age, you can get them every year or your doctor might be able to give get them for you every year. But have a conversation with them. But yeah, pap smears, see, uh, catch certain types of cancers that might be going on in your cervix. Get your thyroid levels checked. I, I can't stress this enough. And when you are getting your thyroid tests, don't let them just take TSH, right? That's like your main thyroid. You want to get free testosterone. You want to see your T3 levels your and your T4 levels because T, uh, TSH is like your main level um, oxygen. And so that's like um, going to get your car checked and they just check your gas, right? You're like, ah, what, but, what, what about my oil? But what about my engine? Like, you know, like, if I get multiple things in my thyroid, I can start to see where things are starting to break out. Is it, you know, TS just tells me, yes, you're, 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 you're making thyroid, but is it converting, right? Like, where is it being manufactured? So ask for all of the thyroid, the full thyroid panel. And I'm going to be honest with you. You may have to pay out of pocket for that, but I'm like, if you feel like you're banging your head up against the wall and if you can afford it, pay out of pocket, pay out of pocket for it. Um, and then have them, you know, check for your memory dementia, because like I said, you know, it is, there's a ridiculous amount of people who are going to be facing memory issues in the coming years. And right now, you know, maybe there's a cure around the corner. Maybe there's a drug. I don't know. But if we can start to do what we can now to keep us out of that, that category, keep on keep on keeping on and work on that memory and that brain health balance training. You know, if you have ever taken a class of mine, if you're my fake grammatic society, I always have a exercise that is based on balance or stability because as we age, we lose this. And so, you know, my parents live in an active adult community and I don't know how many times my mom has told me that they, because they're the young, they're the young bucks on the block that my parents have gone over to help their older neighbor who's fallen and they can't get up. Right. And so my worst fear is, I don't know if you remember seeing the um, sex in the city with uh, Miranda was training for the marathon and then she got a crick in her neck. And then she like, she uh, called Carrie to help her because she couldn't get out of the shower and Carrie couldn't come. So she sent Aiden. And so like Aiden comes over and she's like, I'm naked in the shower. That is my worst nightmare to be like 80 years old, naked in the shower, and some freaking stranger has to come save me from myself. So balance training and strength training to support your bones are like, like 
plays. I, I think I've beaten that horse. It's dead. It's got fly circle around it. Um, and also get your vitamin D level checked. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like my doctor has been ch- checking vitamin Ds for years. And um, a, a client of mine recently was like, oh, my doctor just checked my vitamin D and it's, it's short. And I was like, she just checked it now? Like, really? Like, you know, vitamin D has become a big thing because, you know, I don't know about you, but when in my youth, there was there was no talk about wearing a hat when you went outside or putting on sunscreen. Right. Like, you know, when I was when I was in high school, people were putting on freaking baby oil and, you know, convinced that a burn would turn into a tan. Right. So <laughs> if you haven't got your vitamin D levels checked, please, please, please check that out. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Like, what how do you see yourself? you know, how do you see yourself aging, right? What What's your goal for aging and how would you define healthy aging? You know, and if there are any of these tips really resonated with you, holla at you, girl. Let me know how, uh, how this uh, has impacted you. All right. Have a fabulous day and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.